Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is People Every Day. Coming up... Jeopardy's embattled new host apologizes for sexist comments. Plus, a Real Housewives roundup, why Miranda Kerr says ex-Orlando Bloom is just like her brother, and what you need to know if you're getting ready to travel. It's August 19th. Hi there. This is People Every Day. I'm Brienne Heldman stepping in for your usual host, Janine Rubenstein, who's in the middle of her big move across the country. It's almost the weekend, and as the senior TV editor here at People, I'm often asked about what I'm watching. Yesterday, we talked a little bit about Nine Perfect Strangers, the star-studded drama on Hulu, so obviously I will be tuning into that. But I do want to tell you about this really fun little series on Peacock. It's called Five Bedrooms. Is an Australian series. Uh, it kind of mixes friends and HGTV. And trust me when I say you're going to like it. The characters are so delightful. Then on Netflix, launching tomorrow is The Chair. It stars Sandra Oh as the newly appointed first female chair of an English department at an Ivy League ish college. It's six episodes, half an hour each. So it's such an easy, sweet little binge, and it's a fun, quirky comedy. And now, let's get into today's top stories. It hasn't even been two weeks since Jeopardy! announced its new host, Mike Richards, and here he is making headlines again for his past behavior. A few of Mike Richards' old podcast episodes have recently resurfaced, and it isn't a good look, y'all. Here to walk us through some of the details of this and a few other headlines today is People's Michelle Coriston. Hi, Michelle. Thanks for joining me today. Hi, Brianne. Good to be here. Yes. It's so good to see you. Well, let's get into this. Mike Richards had a podcast back in like 2013, 2014, and it was called The Random Show, spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B. I mean, okay, let's play clip real quick. The Random Show, inside knowledge on TV, pop culture, and game shows with the executive producer of Let's Make a Deal and The Price is Right, Mike Richards, along with the shortest moral compass on podcasts, actress Beth Triffin. I mean, that's the intro. And it's spelled, I repeat, R-A-N-D-U-M-B. Yeah, he kind of says it in the title, not, huh? Not a great start, right, Michelle? <laughs> I mean, uh, he said some really offensive things. And the question is, why? What is the point of this podcast even? I'm confused about who greenlit this to begin with. Uh, absolutely. I mean, what are there's 41 episodes of this show. What are some of the other things that surfaced other than that little bit? You know, just your run-of-the-mill offensive workplace behavior, calling his podcast host, quote, a booth hoe and a booth slut, uh, referring to her working as a model at the CES trade show, calling her friends, quote, really frumpy and overweight. As we heard, he used a derogatory term for little people, a slur for people with mental disabilities, belittling remarks about people's economic status. Like, he just sounds like a complete jerk. 
Yeah. And all of this, of course, is coming at the heels of recent allegations regarding his conduct during the time his time at Price is Right. But what do we know about that? Basically, there was a little bit of an investigation because one of the models on the Price is Right said that he heavily implied that because she was pregnant, she might get fired, um, which is illegal. So, yeah, I don't really know what in this resume made people think he could be the successor to an icon like Alex Trebek, but people are not happy. Yeah, I mean, I think even outside of these allegations, this podcast, there were a lot of eyebrows raised about him being selected as the replacement for Alex Trebek, starting with, I mean, he was an executive producer of Jeopardy. He was on the committee to search for the new person. I mean, what was your reaction when you heard that he was he was the choice? Who? (laughs) (laughs) What? Who? Why? We we have we have all of these people rallying for people like LeVar Burton. And there are so many people who would be fantastic in this role, who are proven, who are recognizable names, who are icons that feel right to step in the shoes of Alex Trebek. And this feels, well, random with a B. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong if they wanted to go in a direction of someone who didn't already have that star power. I could see that being a decision. But this just feels a little icky choosing someone who's already working behind the scenes of the show. Like if he works at the show already, how is there no knowledge of this past behavior? And it's unfortunate because it's really distracting from the legacy of the show, which is beloved by Americans everywhere. And he hasn't even really begun and he's already sort of tainting that legacy. So um, I'm curious to see if he keeps the job. It seems like he's his own boss. So I don't really know how that's going to work. But um, like you said, LeVar Burton would have been great. Aaron Rodgers, even someone unknown who who doesn't have this kind of icky history. He's already had to like do huge apologies twice. It's It's super disappointing. But let's transition into a bit of a happier story. This one definitely makes me smile. And that's the relationship between Miranda Kerr and Katy Perry. And of course, Miranda Kerr is Orlando Bloom's ex-wife and Katy Perry is Orlando Bloom's fiance. What do we know about these two together? It seems like Katy and Miranda are actually really close friends and have a beautiful relationship. And, um, you know, Miranda says that Katy respects that she is Flynn, her 10-year-old son's mom, and never tries to replace her. I mean, Miranda and Orlando have been apart for a long time. She has two babies. Now Katie and Orlando have another baby. And it's really nice to see them have this like blended modern family. My only qualm is that I need celebrities who have procreated to stop referring to each other as like my brother, my sister. Miranda was like, oh, nowadays Orlando's more like my <laughs> annoying brother. And I feel like Goop <laughs> has said that before in an Instagram caption, oh, like brother sure. Chris Martin, like, Let's just not. I don't I don't love that narrative. <laughs> Otherwise, this is sweet. Um, that, that's fair. OK, Michelle, let's move on from these relationships with to ones with quite a bit more drama. You're one of our resident housewives experts. So we're going to do a little rapid fire run through. First up is Candy Burris. She recently opened up about getting cosmetic surgery. What did she say she's gotten done and why? She revealed that she's had a breast reduction surgery. Um, She's also talked about like different weight loss attempts. She tried juice fasts, cleanses, and then she revealed that she actually had gotten liposuction 
and a tummy tuck, which I think it's really empowering. Anytime you hear a housewife really give the down and dirty details of their plastic surgery, it's fascinating. And Candy is just like this universally beloved Real Housewife. She's such a boss. Um, she's been very open over the years on Real Housewives of Atlanta about you know, her body after having children and especially comparing herself to when she was like a young singer with like a six pack. And I, I just love Candy and I think it's really cool. Like if you're gonna get the work done, you might as well share it. So I love that she's being really candid and um, like wants to be more transparent about the work that celebrities like her get done. Yeah, I always think that being honest about it makes me stop judging it. Totally. All right, moving on to Erica Girardi. This story just keeps on going. Remind us briefly what's going on with her and walk us through what happened on last night's episode. Oh, last night was so good. Um, so <laughs> Erica's estranged husband, this big time lawyer known for the Aaron Brockovich case, Tom Girardi, has been accused of stealing money from settlements he was supposed to give to clients. And as Dorit Kemsley keeps saying, these are orphans and widows, people who really suffered and were supposed to be awarded settlements by the court. And the allegation is that he was basically kind of running like a Ponzi scheme in his law firm, um, not paying the proper amounts and then moving that money around in ways that are super sketchy, allegedly to Erica's LLC. Um, so last night, finally, all the women started really diving into those details and sort of holding her accountable and asking questions. Until then, they had kind of just been sort of supporting her because she seemed really devastated by their divorce and what was going on. I personally believe that her story does not add up. And it was really refreshing to see Sutton and Garcelle sort of like be that Greek chorus. So it was a really crazy episode. And I don't know. I think it's still an evolving situation. Erica seems to sort of tacitly be supporting Tom. She's sort of feeding this narrative that he was losing his mental capacity over the past three years and that, you know, going a little senile. But these cases date back far before that. And personally, I think that, um, you know, this sort of elaborate financial scheme isn't the work of someone who's losing mental capacity. It seems like someone who knows exactly what they're doing. Wow. Okay. Lots to unpack there, of course. Uh, but we're going to move on because this is my rapid fire here. Last but very much not least, Dorinda Medley. The former Real Housewives of New York star is listing her beloved Berkshire's mansion for two nights on Airbnb, and the booking window actually opens today. She joined Janine late last week to promote her new memoir, Make It Nice, and had this to say about her life and her iconic Bluestone Manor. You know, I'm going to be away promoting the book for a lot of August. And I thought, what a great time to sort of let people have a sneak peek into this urban legend called Bluestone yes. Manor. Because, you know, people don't <laughs> think it's real. And also, too, I don't think you really, you know, listen, people love that I host. You know, people have this fascination with Bluestone Manor. So let them see it for a night. I mean, yeah. it's not like it's going to be for two weeks. It is only one night. It's two one-night stays. I think it's going to be really successful. I'm looking forward to it because this house loves people. Wait, is it extra to stay in the fish room? 
No. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think that's the only room people are going to really want to stay in. What is it with that damn fish room? Michelle, what's your favorite Bluestone Manor moment? Oh my gosh, there are so many. You have mentioned it all. You have the fish room. You have, of course, make it nice. Um, But my personal favorite moment is a little bit of a smaller one. Uh, Luann texting Carol from another room in the mansion, basically saying, hey, sorry I called you a pedophile. You're welcome to come to my holiday party. Like that, that is just absolutely iconic, out of touch, ridiculous, what I want to see from my housewives. That's amazing. Are you going to apply? Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Michelle, thank you so much. You were so helpful today. Thanks, Brianne. Next up, everything you need to know about airline travel these days. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. have been making headlines a lot this month. Just a few weeks ago, a Frontier flight crew made news for duct taping a passenger to his seat after he allegedly groped the flight attendants more than once. And earlier this week, two passengers, unrelated, not flying together, were arrested and charged with disorderly conduct after reportedly refusing to wear masks aboard flights at the Nashville International Airport. And just today, American Airlines has told ABC News that they will continue to suspend alcohol in coach until January 2022, when the mask mandate is set to expire. There's a lot here, you guys. So thankfully, we've got People's Travel Editor Mackenzie Schmidt joining us to talk it through. Hi, Mackenzie. Thank you. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right. So unruly passengers have been making news for months now. This Nashville story is just the latest. What exactly happened at the Nashville airport? And do you think it's what prompted American Airlines to extend their alcohol suspension? Yeah, so the Nashville story, unfortunately, has become something of a common occurrence in the last year and a half. Um, The two incidents that occurred both on Wednesday, as you mentioned, separate passengers, they didn't know each other. It was just by coincidence they were both arrested from incidents that began with refusal to comply with the mask mandate and escalated in both cases to either verbal or um, difficult altercations with flight crew or law enforcement at the airport that led them to both be arrested. Do you think that alcohol is what's causing some of this unruly behavior? Or do you think it really mostly stems from people taking issue with the mask mandate? 
I think it's a combination of things. Um, most of the incidents that have occurred that the FAA has recorded uh, have stemmed from mask enforcement issues. And to be clear, so it's American. Southwest is the only other carrier that has suspended alcohol sales. United is selling beer, wine, and hard seltzer, but no hard liquor. I'll be honest. I'm surprised. I'm surprised that this hasn't been across the board, no alcohol, at least on domestic flights. Yeah, it is a bit surprising um, because most of the safety protocol that airlines have instituted uh, during the pandemic especially have been sort of unanimous decisions across the board. Certainly during the beginning of the pandemic, we saw airlines having huge um, impact financially. People were not traveling at all because of uh, restrictions put in place. The lowest travel day we saw during the pandemic was April of 2020. And things have been steadily increasing since then, but we're still not up to pre-pandemic travel levels at all. The TSA tracking um, how many passengers they scan every day. And in 2019, in the summer, it would be like 2 million a day. Um, so while we're up significantly, uh, we're still seeing a huge impact on the travel industry and airlines in particular. Well, I will say I have traveled a couple times in the last few months, and I am pleased to report that there really was no incident, at least not that I was aware of. Yes. And I think that, you know, as with anything, on the vast majority of flights, that's the case. Um, the fact that they need to have their mask on unless they're actively eating or drinking has actually made quite like flights a little more subdued in general. Um, yeah, you're not getting that noisy neighbor anymore. Correct. Um, <laughs> but it also is definitely a significant uptick. Um, I can give you the numbers on incidents um, in the last year are surprising. And it's not just uh, that it's being reported more. Um, so there's been 3,889 incidents of unruly behavior recorded. Um, 2,867 of those originated with mask mandate violations. So you can see the oh, origin guys. there. Um, but it is a significant uptick. It's not, um, it's, not, it's not small and it's not isolated. That was People Travel Editor Mackenzie Schmidt. For more on what to expect when you hit the skies this summer, head over to people.com. And now, something to make you smile. A celebrity comedian just found out her crush has the hots for her, and I couldn't be more jealous. I mean, happy. On the People in the 90s podcast, Andrea Laventhal revealed that her co-host Jason Sheeler tried to make a love connection between funny lady Sherry Shepard and 90s hunk Fabio. I mean, who doesn't love Fabio? His hair, his muscles, those butter commercial. I mean, come on. Here's what Sherry told the show about the cover model. I would always picture Fabio running down the beach with his linen uh, pants rolled up to his knees in slow motion with the blonde hair flowing behind his back as he picked up all 167 pounds of me and carried me dead weight across the beach. So when Fabio later appeared on the show, Andrea played wing woman for Sherry by pulling out a picture of her and word is, Fabio was into it. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That was in her people photo shoot. Very sexy woman. Hey, Sherry. He also loves a sense of humor. Loads of butter, an unstoppable laughter, and maybe a match made in podcast heaven. Have a great evening. <laughs> <laughs>